What's up, guys? Con O'Hanlon here for another episode of the Con O Show. And today we are going to be talking a really wide range of stories, uh, starting off actually in the reverse order of what we normally do. I'm going to talk about the big stuff uh, conceptually first and then whittle our way down, not to the necessarily less important stuff, but the more specific stuff. Um, but we will start off with um, capitalism. <laughs> what is it? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, is it somewhere in the middle? We're going to talk about the first openly gay active football player in the NFL, and we'll talk about the history of that a little bit and the impact of that. We're going to talk about Bill Cosby being released from prison, and we will end up talking about the Miami building collapse and the catastrophe that has happened there Um not that I can provide as much um, that much insight on it, but it is worth talking about in our program today. With that being said, uh, we are going to jump right into a big, massive, meaty topic that usually means that I will spend a lot of time talking on it. Uh, so, why am I talking about? capitalism today and for those listening it was in quotes and that is because um i have personally felt rather depressed and rather anxious and um not great in the recent couple weeks uh part of it is a reflection of just uh the system in which I operate in and the how I feel about it and other parts are more um, personal that we don't need to go into because this is not therapy. This is a podcast. So uh, I was walking into work this morning and, you know, obviously you, you guys know if you're a fan of the show that I record these, you know, prior to the day of release. And I was walking in this morning and I felt, you know, an, a great feeling of dread and the day just kept dragging on and on and on. And that's nothing inherent to specifically my job. In fact, I have a rather good job um, for all things considered for people my age. Uh, and, you know, the benefits I get, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So please don't take this as... Um, a critique of, you know, just my job and me complaining about it. But rather, this is an analysis of the system in which we operate in comparison to other places where it's better um, and where it can be, I guess, technically worse on some points uh, in other places. But I felt this way because I was like, oh, no, like, I have to be here. Like, my labor is all that I have to sell. My time is all that I have to give in order to make ends meet, in order to pr provide for myself, in order to, um, you know, pay off loans and to uh, continue progressing in society as a productive member of society. And at the same time, in a parallel track, I've been trying to figure out how to f travel and get away and because I don't like this thought process in my head and I have the luxury of having time that I can do that and I have some money saved aside so I can do that but this is not like that for everybody and I recognize that and I realize that if I can't take the time to make the critique if I can't take the time to talk about this um, and frankly just discuss with you 
my personal issues that I have when it comes to the system, then what am I here for? What am I talking about? I, you know, anybody can just talk about the individual stories of the week, but I want you to feel that we have a connection because like I've talked about in my Angela Davis book, a review, um, like I've talked about in the past with uh, intersectionality, Everybody has a struggle and the struggle is constant. The struggle is continually changing and the, con- the struggle is continually reshaping into different forms. And it all revolves around the economic structure that we operate under. Now, why do I say that? What, you know, is capitalism that bad? Um, some people believe that capitalism is the end-all, be-all, the perfect system, um, which, by the way, I want to quickly define capitalism for us so that we know what we're, capitalism, that we know what we're talking about here. This is the dictionary definition, and it's ripped off of Google, but it is from the Oxford Dictionary that says, an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. So... We're not talking about markets. We're not talking about uh, collective ownership. We are talking about private ownership specifically and for-profit industry. Is there anything inherently wrong with private ownership? I would argue as a social democrat, no. Is there anything inherently wrong with a for-profit industry? Again, I will argue, no. However... When profit overrides the mental health, the material needs of a society, of people that specifically may be homeless, may be mentally ill, may be hungry, then that is when the system is flawed and fails to provide. Because as we have talked about in in previous episodes, we live in a country, shocker, and in this country... We have a social contract, and that social contract says a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people, but basically, what it says to me is the fabric of the society is laid down in a manner that we do not let, ideally, we would not let people fall into homelessness, hunger, uh, into uh, just poverty, broadly speaking, and we would lift each other up. I will sacrifice me, my, myself, my money, my time to help somebody else that needs it in case someday I need it. Now, it shouldn't require that last clause, but it does for a lot of people. And I don't know if I would have ever, have, it really would have clicked in my head if I never looked at it in a sense that, okay, what if I lost my job? What if I got hurt? What if I got sick? What if I was homeless? What if I was born in different circumstances where my parents weren't who they are? Though, you know, my parents work hard as hell. But what if they weren't those people? What if uh, there was some tragedy? What if, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The system in the social contract is there to lay down a bare minimum standard of what we should expect from our country, from our society. Capitalism is not pure. Capitalism is not the end-all, be-all. It is not the system to end all systems. It is not perfect. And this is not me advocating for socialism. This is me saying and almost 
begging that we look at the nuance and the dynamics that take and take certain pieces of each system and refine them to continuously push to a better society. Let's take some examples. Unions. Without unions in this country in particular, we wouldn't have weekends. We would have child labor laws. We would have a number. We would never have, uh, you know, the the standard 40-hour work week with overtime uh, guarantees for most jobs. None of that would exist without unions. That is the collective action of groups, specifically workers against capitalists. Now, why do I say it in that framework? Because the capitalists are the ones that own the company. Again, there is nothing inherently wrong with owning property. There's nothing inherently wrong with being a business owner. In fact, I really like and admire especially small business owners. But the dynamic is that which the workers uh, and the owners, their interests are very, very different. They can be at times. Now, collectively, ideally, in a pure capitalist system in which it's all sunshines and rainbows, we would all work together and the company would benefit and the company would pay down and higher wages and would give out better benefits uh, regardless of the negotiating power of labor. Now, with the breaking up of labor unions, with the um, crushing of small business by big business like Amazon, like Walmart, um, then you don't see the small entrepreneurship thriving. You see workers losing their actual power, their actual leverage until now when we see a labor shortage, which is people withholding their labor now for higher wages, which is what we should have done a long time ago, long before I was able to even work. But here we are. Now, my example of unions can also go into a number of different outlets, right? I am not in a union. I don't know if I legally could be in a union um, in my profession. Um, I wouldn't even float the idea because I'd be afraid, frankly. And is it worth it to sacrifice to say, I don't even know if the people in my job would agree with me that we would be better off with a labor union, even though I know that we would be. The collective action in a capitalist society has fallen so far behind, especially in American capitalism, which is not even full capitalism, is more a corporatist system in which the corporations rule everything. An oligarchy where certain groups, small uh, billionaires, control the vast majority of commerce in this country. You know, the people always say, the politicians always say, the small businesses are the backbone of this country. I would agree with that. Now, break up those big businesses to give these people a chance. That is capitalism. That is capitalism. We want more people to be owners. The labor that we have is 
what we sell to the capitalists. And again, when people say, you know, I've thought, I think I've thought about like debates between people and they debate between socialism, capitalism, the dynamic is really stupid sometimes, but they talk about like, oh, I am a capitalist. Well, no, I am not a capitalist. I don't own, I mean, I technically own the Khan Osho, but I don't own the business that I work for. I have no interest in it as much as I would like to. I would love to have a business and a, fin- a financial uh, fiduciary interest in the corporation that I work for, but I don't. So I am not, in that sense, a capitalist. I believe in capitalism to some extent. These critiques are ones that are to improve capitalism, ideally, into a system that progresses beyond capitalism, beyond socialism, beyond these stupid labels. That just says, okay, well, you need help, you get help. AKA, you need healthcare, you get healthcare. Our government should be investing in public infrastructure like the Green New Deal to provide everybody that wants a job, a job. A well-paying job that allows you to retire with dignity. That is not beyond what the American dream is supposed to provide for us, which was guaranteed, was promised to people. If you work hard, you'll make it. Now, you'll hear plenty of people, and I might sound like a doubter, and I trust me, I work freaking hard. And I've made it certain places. But I am not Jeff Bezos, And it's not because of a lack of uh, intelligence. You are not Jeff Bezos, and it's not because of a lack of intelligence. It is a lack of luck. It is a lack of circumstance. And frankly, it's a lack of capital to start. That does not mean you cannot make it. You should work hard. I encourage you to work hard. But in a system that is perpetually holding down millions, dare I say hundreds of millions, in this country to work for, frankly, starvation wages, for wages that have not increased in 40 fucking years... It is not too much to ask that we go beyond the simple, oh, capitalism is markets. That means it's good. No. There are other market economies that existed before capitalism that didn't work. There will be probably some that come after capitalism that won't work. Markets are good in places where they work. Markets are good in consumer products when you can actually look and compare products side by side. You have to also know that the government is there to interfere and to hold the companies accountable if they lie, if they harm people, etc., etc., etc. None of that is baked into the cake of a capitalist system without government intervention possible you don't have rules laws 
regulations, and a judicial system without having the government having an impact on the system. In which case, you don't have a full free market capitalist system. You never will. You never could in theory. It wouldn't work. There is no way to have a full laissez-faire capitalist system that would work that way. Now, we need to look at it from our perspective as the workers, in which what can we actually do, what can we strive to do, and how can we better prepare ourselves for the system that we operate in for now? I'll take the last part first, and frankly, this is the shittiest part, is that you just have to accept on some level that you are coerced into working no matter what. You're coerced into, I don't mind working. This is the trick too. I don't mind work. I, I don't mind doing work and being productive. I like it actually. In fact, I do a lot of other work outside of just my job just to be productive and to push things forward. I believe a lot of people would do that given the opportunity, but the coercion becomes you need to do this specific job to live. And then for as long as we need that dynamic and we don't have a jobs guarantee, we don't have an option for people to be like, okay, well, I want to work. I just don't want to work for a starvation wage. Like I'm not going to... We, we forget, some people forget, and I have to remind them that the federal minimum wage is $7.25. You go work at, at um, certain you know chains, $7.25. Yeah, rather than saying, okay, you want to help us build bridges? You want to help us uh, weld um Solar panels, you want to help us do this, 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 etc. Build the new uh, manufacturing economy of tomorrow, the green manufacturing economy of tomorrow in America, rather than letting it go abroad. No, that takes goddamn leadership. And it takes a reaction to... Actually, it's not even a reaction. It takes proaction to know... Our system is teetering. People are more mentally ill today, not because there is more mental illness solely because they're identifying it, but because we are worked to the bone for the same, and frankly, it's less when you look at it adjusted for the standards of living, the same wages as we've been working for for 40 years, since before I was born. You used to have one income that you could support a whole family. You could buy a house. You could buy a car. Now, you'd be lucky to be able to rent an apartment. Rent a car. And you still got to work the same hours. And in fact, what I do, and a lot of people have to do, is work more than 40 hours with no overtime, salaried positions. Because we have no strength as a collective unit because there is no collective unit. Because the capitalist system has told us that, hey, you could be the millionaire. You could be the billionaire. Rather than saying, you are 
the person making $50,000, which, by the way, is the median income in this country. You are that person. Your neighbor is that person. The other neighbor is that person. Your brother's that person. Your sister's that person. You guys together, if you united, that the, 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 the guy at the top would still be well off. I'm telling you. I don't mind that Elon Musk has a lot of money. I mind that Elon Musk is making billions of dollars off the backs of people that make $50,000, $75,000. And they struggle to pay for their family's medical bills. And this is what depresses me. I try not to think about it in that sense where it's so depressing that we can't do anything about it. And hence why I'm doing the show. Hence why I take action. Hence why I run for office, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because I believe that we can change it. But every once in a while, it gets stuck in my head. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? I'm selling my labor. I'm afraid to leave work after I work 10 hours. This is today. Work 10 hours today before recording this. And I feel bad that I'm leaving. That's coercion. That's mind games. We shouldn't be against each other. We should be together. In fact, the bosses don't even care. It's each other. We judge each other. And now that might sound a little hyper uh, sensitive to what I'm talking about. And maybe it is. But I've noticed it across the board. I've noticed it elsewhere. United. It's that monkey uh, from Planet of the Apes. You know, monkeys strong together. We are. We are stronger together. Unions, you know, uh, collective organizing, fighting in political spaces like this. I'm not talking about throwing out the whole thing and saying that capitalism is, is inherently bad. It's not. But the stage in which capitalism is in today, the state of which it is in today, is bordering on unfixable and it's about to teeter into a complete oligarchy especially in america especially when we compare to just for a brief second let's entertain it if you compare to european countries which have their own flaws stronger labor unions there better um, paid time off better uh, maternity and paternity leave you have better uh, vacation you have better uh, sick time off you have better work hours per week uh, i mean frankly the fact that we don't have a four-day work week or a five-day work week with a seven-hour day at this point i mean we don't need to be doing this level of like the productivity level would actually probably i would you know, venture to guess that it would go up if you knew that you had you if you got your job done in a certain amount of time, you do it faster, you do it better. If you told me I got I need you to do this, 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 and you got until five thirty, you have, or or you you're done when you're done. Then I'm telling you, the job would be done faster. You'd pay for less hours. You would be more efficient you would think about things outside the box you wouldn't just sit there and be like well i have to be here for eight hours anyway so i might as well go take a walk or go to the bathroom or get some coffee and take my time on this because i have to be here the reward isn't there for ingenuity efficiency 
Um, and people will argue with me. I mean, people definitely argue with me and disagree with me on this stuff. I mean, you can feel free to disagree with me. I know some of my friends, my acquaintances, uh, won't see it this way. And that's okay. You probably aren't watching this anyway. Um, but the grind attitude, the get up and go and constantly grind, as much as I can respect it, if that's what you choose to do, the bare minimum of success shouldn't be that your life is your job. Your life is grinding away for the capitalist system to continue growing. In fact, we should be pushing for people to engage in the arts, in the humanities, in reading, in writing, because that is what makes us different from a machine or an animal. And both of those things can be cool. It could be cool to be a robot, It'd be cool to be a, you know, a lion. But what makes us humans is our emotions, our ability to connect with each other and go beyond just the grind. That grit attitude. I get it. I I adhere to it myself. I push myself to the limits of what I can possibly do. And yet, on some level, it's still never enough. It can never be enough in the system that goes so much beyond the individual. We are united in very few things, and we are inherently hyper-individual in this system, and it is, it is purposeful. It is designed purposefully to make you feel isolated and to make you feel alone and that you're not doing enough. I'm telling you, maybe I'm telling it to myself. It's a mixture of both. You are doing enough. You do deserve to take a break. You do deserve to sleep. You do deserve to rest and to have fun and to live a fulfilling life that is beyond just grinding every day. Work is work. We can do that. But your life doesn't have to be work and it shouldn't be just your job. I refuse to be defined solely as what I do for a living. I don't mind doing it for seven hours a day, seven and a half hours a day. Even eight sometimes. But there's so much to life that is beyond just selling your labor. That it is hard for me to accept, and I'm sure it's hard for you to accept. And you can reflect on it yourself, and you can leave a comment down below what you think. It is hard to accept that this is what we have to live with for the rest of our lives. With the deterioration of labor power in this country, if we take no action, it will only get worse. It will only get worse. You know, we have people complaining about woke capitalism. It's so misguided. It's so misguided. They don't even realize what they're talking about. 
they're mad at other people on this is the same level here where they should be mad at the the top or the structure at least but they'll never watch this they'll never see this they'll never reflect on that people are too busy at each other's necks to realize we're mostly the same we just want to live a fulfilling life a life where we can pay for things go on vacations have a few nice things like a nice tv and um you know maybe go out for a nice dinner every once in a while but with that being said i am going to take a quick break before we come back and discuss the other three stories that i mentioned in the first part if you're enjoying the show, uh, please hit the subscribe button down below. Hit the like button to help us grow in the algorithm. If you are, would like to and you're in a position to help us, uh, you can support the show at patreon.com for as little as $5 a month. Um, if you are interested, and this is the first time I'm mentioning it here, but if you're interested in, in a sponsorship of the, of the show, you can feel free to reach out to me. Very, very cheap rates. I know we don't have the the biggest uh, reach, but I would like to uh, open that opportunity up to anyone interested in supporting a small progressive channel like mine. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, with that, we will be right back. Welcome back to part two of the Con O Show. I'm your host, Connor O'Hanlon, and we're going to jump right into uh, the second half of the show with a cool announcement from a NFL player, Carl Nassib, who is announcing, uh, who announced that he's gay. I mean, uh, that's as simple as it is, but it is important because he is the only and he's the first and only active player. NFL player to announce that he is open or to say that he's openly gay. Um, there has been one other player in the past and his name was uh, Michael Sam for those who remember. And of course he retired uh, about six years ago uh, due to, I think mental health issues. Uh, I can imagine probably not easy to be openly gay in the NFL, uh, especially with, Millions of fans following the uh, NFL that aren't exactly progressive. Um, <laughs> this is where it's it is it is very good to see an actively uh, uh, playing and openly gay player because it provides it is the representation that we talk about when we're in movies the same thing is important in sports especially uh for males i would argue to see that sort of representation in a powerful uh explosive sport like football to see that someone that is good at the sport is just like you is important um I know we talk about this every once in a while, but representation does matter. It is not so simple as to just be like, well, okay, yeah, he's gay. Who cares? No, it's like he re is representing something and he's standing for something. He could have just waited until he was, you know, frankly, no one's going to ever like no one would ever care um, if he just did it in the privacy of his own home i don't think um because it shouldn't matter 
but it does. Um, just because of how heteronormative uh, all sports mostly are, especially male sports, but specifically football, uh, I'd say basketball and baseball the same, hockey the same. Um, it's just important to see. Uh, it's not the end-all, be-all. Of course, we talk. We talked last week, Jesus, we or two weeks ago, about um, the Supreme Court ruling with regards to uh, adoption for gay couples. So this does not actually move the needle forward in a policy set, um, but it is important to note in the public eye the normalization of um, homosexuality of. Uh, well, he's not transgender or anything like that, but all of that of uh, being non-binary, these things are not that obscure. They are rather common. I mean, being transgender is, is like a, like less than 1% of the population, but just being around people that, experience, that have the experiences, um, that live these lives, it helps you understand it. It helps, I mean, it helped me understand it. Um, meeting people that are different than me. And again, it's this is coming from the, a super heteronormative, masculine, cisgender male. I learned from being around people that were different than me, that looked different from me. I mean, I still learn things from just talking to women about what their lives are like. I mean, it matters. It matters that the stories are out there, that the face is out there. And the reason why it's concerning, the only reason really why it's concerning is that the reaction you see from people in regards to protests, which this, by the way, is not a protest, so I'm not saying that, but the reaction from people like Fox News, like the Tommy Larens, the Ben Shapiros, their reactions are indicative of a lot of what the fan bases of these teams are too or and will be you know the football season's not started yet but hopefully uh it is not nearly as bad as what these people did to Colin Kaepernick in the harassment there hopefully um you know there's, I mean, frankly, just statistically, there are plenty. There are probably plenty of uh, other gay uh, players, and it would just be good to see like a few others just kind of be like, "Hey, you know, me too," kind of deal. Because it might be nice to spotlight this guy, Carl, um, and be like, "Hey, like, we're recognizing that." Um, but it also could be isolating. It can be scary. Uh, we talked about in the front front half of the show, um, isolation is not good. Isolation is not good for mental health. It is not good for anything, really. Uh, I mean, planned isolation where you want to be alone is different, but we want to have support, solidarity, and working together on these things, which will actually move the needle forward. That is how we do that. But... Um, that is all I really had to say on this issue or this, not even an issue, it's a story, um, because it's important and it's important to note. And 
we're not that far off. I mean, just a few weeks ago, the NFL had to admit that they uh, they previously were basically saying that uh, black players' IQs were low, um, thus they didn't have CTE, which if you don't know what that is, it's just a brain damage issue from playing football, which I'm sure I have some level of too. Um, everybody that plays football has some level of it. It's like being in a car accident every time you get you make a tackle. And like I played seven or eight years of football, tackle football. I played in high school. Um, I know people that played in, in college. So if you add everything that I've done, you add four years for college. And then if you're in the NFL, it's, you know, one, two, three, maybe, you know, if you're playing for a really long time, 10 years, um, that is a lot of damage that you can do to your brain. And the fact is that the NFL just didn't want to pay for it and thus made up a lie about this stuff. And now it's being recognized and being called out. So when we talk about woke capitalism, as we did in the beginning here, the NFL made like a uh, commercial and all that stuff. Cool. That's awesome. S- you know, say football's inclusive. But remember that these these institutions are doing this because it's popular, because it's going to be the right thing uh, moving forward. They are looking to be on the right side of history. They always want to be. So you pressure companies as best you can in the right ways that you can, which frankly, on some level, sometimes boycotting is the best that you can do. And sometimes, like what I do with Amazon boycotting means nothing so i don't know if i have the silver bullet for that issue but pressure where you can is useful if you can pressure them to be like hey uh we we want you to be accepting of gay people in your corporation which is what the nfl is do it you know make sure that you're not buying jerseys and all that stuff unless they recognize it which they are which is good i'm just saying think strategically when we when we look at all this and we think systematic because one or two things doesn't make the whole uh good uh recognizing it doesn't mean that they're pure elsewhere i mean especially with especially the nfl the cte thing is really really a big deal um the just the, the like i have my body is kind of broken from playing football and i didn't even play college or in the nfl if you play for that much longer you 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 are putting your body on the line for that job literally and figuratively um but mostly literally (laughs) so um yeah with that that's all i really had to say on that issue but we will now move over to one other heinous thing and i'm just switching so i make sure to get this correct his name uh not bill cosby but this story is about bill cosby Um, Bill Cosby is being released from prison, believe it or not, even after being, um, you know, accused and arrested and convicted for, uh, multiple incidents of sexual assault. Um, he is released and he is a free man as of today, which is absolutely bullshit. And... You may already know this by the time you're watching this, but if not, uh, this is because of a ruling that he had in 2005 in regards to an allegation against him in Montgomery County, which is, a, if you don't know, Pennsylvania is a neighboring county to Bucks County, which is where I'm from, um, 
he was accused of doing something there. I don't know the exact details of the case uh, because there's, frankly, a lot of them. And the district attorney, which, remember, local elections, keep that in the back of your mind because the district attorney, the district attorney in every Pennsylvania county probably is up this year or for a lot of them this year, uh, especially in Bucks County. Uh, the district attorney um, basically made a, uh, didn't didn't prosecute him for that. And this case made its way up to the Supreme Court and through appeals, he was released. This does not mean he is innocent. This does not mean he was innocent. But the sentencing is basically, I mean, he's spent time in jail. But for this, see, this is where we get into a tricky situation, right? As a progressive, it is hard to sit by and just be like, yep, you know, he's uh, he did his time. He's all right. Because he didn't really do much time, one. But two, the prison system isn't about reform. So I am 100% sure that he did not repent in any way. He did not mean to uh, reform himself in any way. He probably just expected to die in prison. I mean, he's old. Um, and part of me wants to be like, well, he should just be spending the rest of his life in prison. Uh, which he should, frankly. But the real issue here, other than just saying reforming the prisons, uh, reforming the... In prison industrial complex that has recidivism rates really, really high, especially for young males, uh, not necessarily Bill Cosby's age, as he's old as shit, but young males, because that ruins and perpetuates the cycle of ripping young males out of households and thus creating single motherhood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know that war on drug stuff, uh, one-on-one. And It, it pains me to then be like, all right, well, like, yeah, he should still be in jail because it it's just not in my, that's not what I want. I don't want to have people necessarily in jail, but for what he has done to people, he should not be, he, he should not be in the public, uh, frankly. And because he never, he never really served time. He never really, um, you know, gave anything up for what he did and what he took from people. And, of course, Trump had to hop his way into this somehow, right? Not himself, not Trump himself, of course, because Donald Trump's not smart enough to be a lawyer, but his defense attorney for his impeachment, who, frankly, isn't also not that bright, but we'll ignore that for now. The guy that gave a horrible opening arguments in Trump's impeachment trial, Bruce Castor was the uh, district attorney, I believe, in Montgomery County at the time of Bill Cosby's trial. And because of that, he let him off at that time, which now is letting him off, not, not off, but letting him out now. So 
why does this matter? What what is the implications of what we're talking about here? Well, money is one of them. Money seems to be able to buy your way out of jail. It is the literal get out of jail card. It's just a couple of hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, probably more so in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to get yourself out of jail. Um, you know, we talk about looking at uh, bail reform. You talk about looking at reforming the prisons. There is multiple justice systems in this country, one for the rich, one for the poor, one for people of color, one for people that are white. So there's multiple. It is not just like all the, it's not just like one and two here. You are judged by the color of your skin. That is proven in these courts. You were disproportionately sentenced. You can look at it. The data bears this out. And you are disproportionately sentenced for how much money you have. And frankly, you are disproportionately policed for how much money you have. Because I can guarantee you there are people on Wall Street that are committing way more and way worse crimes than people on the corner in Harlem. You, you can take my word for it or we can try to try to prove it out. But the... The amount of white-collar crime, the amount of violent crime committed by people of wealth is just covered up in comparison to people without wealth. And I'm not saying that people without wealth should be able to commit crime. What I'm saying is that the law should be applicable uniformly based on no fault of your class or no fault of your race. Because... That should not be playing into the factors of whether you go to prison, whether you are charged with a crime, whether you get caught committing a crime, whether you get policed in your homes, etc. Bill Cosby, yes, he is a black man, but he is a rich, rich man. And sometimes money outweighs everything else. And all that we can do about this is know that this is what happens. We can try to reform the systems that perpetuate the conviction, the arrest, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, specifically, I, I mean, I'll just put it out that young males. If we provided people with opportunities, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, with jobs, with high-paying jobs, with benefits, with retirements, you would not see the same amount of people committing crimes. And granted, crime has been going down regardless, but you would not see people desperate enough to make that jump. And those who did, you can reform the prison system to actually reform them. But the fact is, is that Bill Cosby got off because he's a rich man. He's a famous rich man. And he pays for these lawyers that know the judges and they get all these insights into certain loopholes. And because he got off once, he's going to get off again, etc., etc. It's all bullshit. Um, and it needs to be reformed. And it's incumbent upon us to vote in district attorneys that will prosecute white-collar criminals, 
you know, all criminals for that matter, but white collar criminals, and will actually do it for laws that we need to enforce, not for drug crimes, not for nonviolent crimes, not for just like little petty uh, things. No. We must reform the whole thing. We must utilize district attorneys now, we can elect them, into wielding uh, the systems of power into the prosecution. When you prosecute somebody, it should be for something that they actually did and should be something that is actually bad for society. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. You can let me know down in the comments below. And um, just in uh, the last couple of minutes here, I just wanted to mention and, you know, I'm agnostic. I don't pray. I don't, you know, I don't believe in any God or anything like that, but I want to send my uh, condolences and my, you know, sympathies for those that are affected and have died in the collapse of a condo building in Miami. And, you know, People always go back and forth with, uh, usually it's Republicans and Fox News pundits that talk about, like, don't politicize tragedies and stuff like that. But I don't believe in that. Uh, it There's at least a dozen, as of today, there's at least a dozen people that have died. There's over 100 people that still are lost. And it's been six days, seven days now. There's not much I can really, like, say on that end other than saying, like, that death toll is likely to rise, unfortunately. And this is where the, the role of leadership needs to step up, whether it be in the private sector or in the public sector. This is a privately owned comp uh, privately owned real estate property or was and it was noted multiple times that there was millions of dollars pretty much worth of uh, decay in the foundations. It was sinking. there was there's apparently been rubble now that was found before the collapse. I mean, There is not necessarily one thing that like a a uh, a county or a city or even a, a state could do for each individual property. It's not always possible. But when it comes to the inspector is telling you that it is sinking, something should be done when the when the when the foundation is not properly uh, built. Something should be done. And if there is no, uh, if there's no obvious connection here that you can draw policy wise, this is an exact reason why we need to invest in pro uh, public infrastructure. And although this is a private company, a lot of people want to put our infrastructure in the hands of private companies. And when you cut corners, when you are unregulated, when you just let people do whatever they want, 
this is what you end up with. And I'm not just saying that like, oh, like, you know, I don't, I don't even know like what I can be misconstrued as saying. I, I feel like people can misconstrue anything like that and be like, oh, like you're saying that they deserved it because they cut corners. Nobody deserves what happened. Nobody should have to deal with and lose a family member because of the faulty construction of a company. All I'm saying is, if there's something that we can learn from this, which there usually is something we can learn. And I have to say, frankly, watching the video of the collapse is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. As it just falls out of the sky for no reason. If there is something to learn, it is knowing that we have an obligation to inspect, to build, to constantly rebuild our infrastructure. Because as much as it is scary that a condo building falls apart, our bridges are falling apart. Our tunnels are falling apart. And... The, the last thing that we really need to do is continue to let these things deteriorate. These things that we all need, we all use, and we should make our lives safer and everybody's life safer by improving. Not just letting it be, but improving on our public sector, our public infrastructure. And we've been talking about an infrastructure bill for weeks now. And it's going to be, you know, we haven't seen, I haven't seen the details yet. And it's probably not going to be sufficient in addressing some of the things that I'm bringing up. But we need to have a focus on these things that should never be partisan. Making sure that a building is not going to collapse There's nothing partisan about that. Making sure a bridge is not going to collapse, there is nothing partisan about that. Making sure that roads are paved so that you don't cause car accidents and kill more people, that is not partisan. There's a lot of stuff that we talk about and I talk about on this show that is not inherently partisan, but it is turned into partisan because the Republican Party of today does not stand for anything. I know that this is not something that is preventable necessarily from an infrastructure standpoint, but we have to look at it in that light because we can prevent something else from happening by being proactive. And just looking at the rules and regulations that we have on the books and trying to improve them. But again, There's not much to say other than that. And that's why, you know, obviously I spent the first half of this show talking about one topic, uh, as I usually do. (laughs) But these, these three stories at the end here are important to note. And they are hitting on different uh, individual pieces of the puzzle that we call this country of America. And it's constantly that we have to reform it, constantly that we have to be looking to progress it. And if the second we stop, the same way that you stop, if you stop trying to, you know, improve yourself, whether that be physically or mentally, then you're done. You're done. 
And if we stop trying to progress and, and, and refine the systems of our country, then we might as well pack it in. But I'm not willing to do that yet. I'm not ready to do that. I don't know if I'll ever will be. <laughs> but with that, that's all I got for you this week. I really appreciate you making it this far with me. If you made it to the nearly the hour mark with me this week, uh, do go check out some of my more recent interviews. I have enjoyed having more guests on the show. And if you have a guest suggestion, please leave it down below in the comments section. Uh, for any other <laughs> for any other suggestions, you can feel free to leave them down there as well. If you are interested in sponsoring the show, uh, again, this is the first time I'm, I'm talking about this. Uh, just feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, you can find that in the description box below. If you would like to support the show financially for as little as $5 a month, you can do so at uh, patreon.com slash the con O show. I messed that up for the first time in a while. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But most of all, the most important part of this all is to hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the like button, and if you are listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please leave us a five-star review if you are enjoying it, uh, because this is how we grow the show, organically, naturally, from the ground up, like our movement, unlike the AstroTurf that is on the other side. So, until next week, thank you so much for watching, stay safe, and I will see you then. Peace. Peace.